Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Lust in Summer, a paranormal erotic anthology written by Debbie N. Sevy, J.D. Carabella, Emma J., and Jackie Greaves. When mortals and paranormals get busy, oh my! Four scorching novellas are waiting for you in Lust in Summer, Volume 7 of the Lust Anthology. A submissive librarian, a lonely exhibitionist, a band of rebel pagans, and a gay college student will find out just how hot it can get when mortal and paranormal worlds collide. In Devi and Sevi's Captive Mate, it's X-Men meets Extra Hot. Jane is a librarian with a taste for submission. Bender is the dom who broke her. Minutes after arriving at the Eagle Eye headquarters, she's learned three things. One, shifters are real. Two, Bender is one of them. Three, he claims she's his mate. Under threat from an assassin, Jane agrees to let him keep her safe, but she's determined to protect her heart. Is Bender Dom enough to convince his willful mate they belong together? In Midsummer Night by J.D. Carabella, Jennifer feels like one of the faceless masses in a nameless city, a sexual fireball trapped in a life of drab invisibility. She longs to break into a world of light and color, to escape the shackles of society and become the fearless woman of her dreams. But she can't do it alone. She needs someone to share her passion and her kinks. It seems too good to be true, but she may finally have found that someone. When he invites her on a wild adventure, how could she say no? In Jackie Greaves' Rose Moon, it is Midsummer Night, Litha, and the triplet witches have traversed the veil between realms to collect their dues from humans. Rather than a roaring bonfire and a crowd of naked revelers, only a ragtag group of rebels await. The human world has changed beyond all reckoning since their last visit. Captured by the mad monk and stripped of their magic, the witches face a deadly battle to save themselves, their new acolytes, and the realms from a never-ending winter. In Emma J.'s Incubus Summer, Finn is a college student caught in a supernatural power struggle. Two weeks after the breakup with his boyfriend, his life has spiraled out of control. Bonded to an incubus, pursued by a werewolf, and betrayed by a fae, will Finn find the strength to choose his own destiny, or will he accept his lover's dark hold? And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Lust in Summer. Chapter 1 The clang of heavy doors slamming open startled Jane out of her chair. A sea of people in hospital scrubs burst into the lobby, pushing an empty gurney. They rushed toward the glass doors onto the courtyard. Jane caught snatches of their conversation. Got the IV ready. Restraints will hold him. The group was followed by a tall woman in a white lab coat. Her erect bearing and powerful presence caught Jane's attention. In a firm alto flavored by a German accent, she ordered, Sedate him as soon as... Her eyes fixed on Jane. 
Mein Gott! Dan, get her out of here. A skinny redhead headed her way. Ma'am, he said, long legs eating up the short distance. You need to... The glass doors whooshed open. The distinctive chop of rotors drowned him out. Jane looked over her shoulder in time to see a helicopter land on the cobblestoned courtyard. Dusty air and a whiff of diesel blew into the lobby. The group with the gurney put their heads down and kept going. Dan gripped her shoulder and yelled over the noise. Come on! In the part of her brain that never stopped being a librarian, she cataloged what a helicopter sounded like. She'd never been this close to one. The whining drone of the engine and thump-thump-thump of the blades thrummed through her bones. Dan towed her past the gleaming chrome and glass reception desk, towards a set of double doors. The sleek receptionist had spent twenty minutes painting her fingernails and ignoring Jane. Now she clutched an old-fashioned telephone receiver, scarlet polish smeared on the handle. "'Yes, sir,' she shrilled into the phone. "'They just landed.' Curiosity was a professional trait in a librarian. Jane leaned back against Dan's hold to slow them down and peered over her shoulder at the chaos. What's going on? He ignored the question, picking up speed until she was dragged in his wake. Medics swarmed around the gurney. She strained to see what was on the table. Something big and brown with feathers. An enormous wing draped the top. What bird was as big as a human? Then an arm flopped off the edge of the gurney, extended claws flashing in the sunlight. What bird had arms? The group wheeled around and headed back, the mass of their bodies hiding the giant bird thing. She grabbed the edge of the credenza and held on. Dan jerked to a halt. Damn it, lady, he hissed. You can't be here. It isn't safe. She's still here she argued, jerking her chin toward the receptionist. Here they came. The medical personnel were talking a mile a minute. Machines beeped, wheels clanked. She went on tiptoes, trying to see over or around. Dan scooped her off her feet. Her cry of surprise was drowned by a piercing shriek. Jane had heard that sound before, on nature documentaries. It was the cry of a predator which had spotted its prey. A split second of silence followed. Then the doctor's crisp voice ordered, Hold him down! Dan, get her out of here! The thing on the gurney flailed and screamed again. People fell away. No, they were being flung away. It was a scene from a horror movie. The sea of scrubs parted, deadly claws slashed at the air, and then whatever it was lurched off the metal table, sending it spinning away to slam into a chair. The gurney overturned, spilling a tangle of white sheets and beeping, clattering machines. A winged creature rushed at her. Adrenaline flooded her veins. Time slowed. The clarity of her thoughts was amazing. As though she had all the time in the world to consider the terrible death coming for her. It was too late to regret not listening to Dan. They'd never get out of its way in time. The melange of fur, feathers, and fangs had an exotic, deadly beauty. It was enormous, head and shoulders above her five foot seven inches, walking upright like a man. One wing draped at a broken angle over its torso. The other was outstretched, knocking people and chairs out of its way. The eyes were those of a predator. 
golden, huge, fixated on her in a mad stare. Clawed arms reached toward her. A wrecking ball hit Dan in the side. He still held her, and the impact shoved them out of the creature's path. Dan grunted and twisted, taking the impact on his shoulder when they flew into the wall. She winced at the crunch, followed by his cry of pain. Another even larger creature hurtled away from them and knocked the first one to the ground, gripping its flailing arms, avoiding the slashing talons, kneeling on it to hold it still. The doctor approached the winged, furred impossibilities, holding a syringe. You have him? Jane blinked when the kneeling one opened its jaw and croaked a mangled but recognizable, Yes. The doctor injected the syringe, and in a handful of seconds, the wounded one's shrill keening tapered off to a whimper, then silence. Dan groaned, and she recalled the crunching noise when he hit the wall. Doctor? Dan is hurt, she called. Put me down, Dan. I'm too heavy to carry. He didn't argue, bending at the knees to set her down, his face white with pain. The creature which had saved them straightened when she spoke, turning to face her. She guessed it was at least eight feet tall. Like the other one, it had large, intense gold eyes, striking against the inky black fur on its face. The elongated jaws opened, and it croaked, Jane. It took several steps toward her. Not it, Jane realized, eyes widening. He. Very much a he. An enormous erection thrust from between his legs, the bulbous tip gleaming with moisture. She backed away. He kept on coming. The doctor's voice cracked through the tension. Get Silas to the OR. Peter, take care of Dan. Jane had a split second to wonder why the doctor didn't seem concerned about this other predator. Then he reached her. Wings snapped open, enfolding her in a feathered cave. The massive head lowered, the lips drew back over short fangs. He nuzzled her hair, nose down to her neck, and drew in air with a loud chuffing sound. Jane. Her name was guttural, but recognizable. You know me? Yes. Warm, moist breath tickled her neck. Jane held very still, trying to remember everything she'd ever read about predators. Don't run. Don't move. Don't meet their eyes. Curl up into a tiny ball and quiver. No, wait. That last was just her small panicked lizard hindbrain offering stupid advice. All the advice applied to animals like bears, lions, wolves. What did you do with a creature that could talk? Could it be reasoned with? Are you going to hurt me? He snorted. If you want. If you want? Had he just made a joke? Thank you, no. What are you going to do to me, then? And where was everyone else? Why weren't they dosing him with a sedative? A sound very like a purr rumbled in its throat. Fuck you. He moved closer until soft feathers and plush fur hemmed her in on all sides. His scent filled her nostrils, raw, musky, not unpleasant, but strong enough to make her dizzy. She shrank back, holding up a hand in indistinctive protest. Don't! The beast growled and caught at her wrist. Leathery pads tipped each elongated finger, the skin hot and rough against hers. He tilted her hand, 
The powerful jaw flexed, thin lips wrinkling in a ferocious scowl. Married? Jane shuddered under the fierce glare. How could she answer? Why would an animal know or care about marriage anyway? Taking a gamble, she closed her eyes and squeezed out a horse. Yes? He heaved a huge sigh and let her go. Before she could collapse on the floor with relief, he scooped her into his arms and headed toward the double doors leading deeper into the building. Her teeth clacked with his bone-jolting stride. Let me go! She squirmed to be put down. Someone help! No one responded. Jane shoved against him with as much effect as shoving against a rock. Pruitt, he said. Pruitt? Did you say Pruitt? That was the name of the man Jane had a meeting with. Yes. Are you taking me to him? You're not going to do anything. Sexual? Married. Right, right, um... I could walk. He didn't answer, looking straight ahead, striding through the hallways. A click and buzz preceded them through a door at the end of the hall. They entered another hallway, dark gray institutional carpet, freshly painted walls and wood grain panels inset into the walls every few feet. This place was high-tech and high-end, a stark contrast to the decrepit building that housed the library where she worked. They'd been supposed to have asbestos remediation for years, but it kept getting put off. Budget cuts. The corridor stretched on into the distance. He stopped in front of a panel that looked like all the others and kicked it with a clawed foot. Instead of the thunk of wood, she heard a metallic bong, and the panel slid sideways into the wall. Oh, wow. This place blew past high-tech into science fiction. Beyond the opening was a large room with a panoramic view of the Cascade Mountain Range on the horizon. A distinguished older man, black hair streaked with gray at each temple, stood up from the desk. You are here sooner than I expected. Okay, what kind of place had she landed herself in? A British guy who looked like an aging James Bond? A German doctor? Secretive mountain retreat? High-tech building, expensive everything, helicopters, walking, talking, winged animals. She had fallen through an alternate reality portal into a superhero movie. Who is this? Pruitt asked, as if it were normal for one of these creatures to carry a woman around. Jane, mate, he brushed past Pruitt. Jane goggled up at the black-furred face. He'd said her name before as though he knew her. Maybe he could read her mind. Nothing would surprise her right now. But what did he mean by mate? You're Pruitt? Jane levered herself up to look over her captor's shoulder. Can you get him to put me down? Besides the extreme oddity of being carried around like a package, his erection had been trapped between them, rubbing against her hip the entire way. It ran several degrees hotter than a human's. Also, it had to be a foot long. Considering he was eight feet tall, one could argue that he was in proportion. That didn't make it any less unnerving, especially after his threat in the lobby. Pruitt didn't have to ask. Claus snagged at the carpet, her captor carried to a chair in front of the desk. He set her down next to it and padded over to a mahogany filing cabinet along the wall. Pulling open the top drawer, 
he hooked out a bundle of cloth. You might wish to look away, Pruitt suggested to Jane. She was too busy staring, cataloging every detail to pay any heed. The air shimmered around the wings, a soft glow that brightened until she felt an inaudible pop in her inner ear, and then a man stood where the creature had been, a very large, entirely naked man with a great butt. Christ, I'm hungry, he groaned, snapping open the bundle and stepping into a pair of tight sweatpants. Jane's eyes had opened so wide her skin stretched taut at the corners. She stumbled sideways and fell into the chair. What just happened? That's impossible. Where did that thing go? Where did he come from? You didn't know. Pruitt raised a hand and pinched the bridge of his nose. Interesting. What happened, Bender? He directed the question past Jane, the new arrival. Levering herself out of the chair, she turned in a circle, trying to look everywhere at once. What was going on? There was only one door in and out. She'd been staring at the bird the whole time. She considered the Sherlock quote, when you have eliminated all which is impossible, then whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Before the man could answer Pruitt's question, Jane broke in. Did you just shapeshift? Yes, he explained to Pruitt. She was in the lobby when we got here. He bent to the mini-fridge next to the filing cabinet. Grumbling under his breath, he grabbed three bottles and turned back to them. What the hell, Pruitt? All you've got is that green shit. Jane got her first look at his face, and her stomach plummeted. Oh my god! You! We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Lust in Summer. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.